rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most Ahamas Podcast. I'm your host, Damn It Damien. Well, all right, buddies. Well, on this week's episode, we bring you yet another very special episode of the Most Ahamas Podcast. Uh, this week, we're sitting down and we're talking to Mr. Tim Barry, uh, the former lead singer of the Richmond, Virginia punk band Avail. He's also one of um, the all-time greatest punk rock troubadour singer-songwriter guys. Um it's it's not punk country. It's it's something different. It's punk rock with an acoustic guitar. I don't know. Uh, I think me and Tim even today talk about how much he hates that tag, or maybe I read that in an interview. I can't remember. It's just a punk rock singer songwriter. It's and he's amazing. He's one of my favorites. Um, I'm l- very lucky enough to have caught him on one of his very first solo shows, uh, playing with Drag the River at the Triple Nickel Tavern, the place where I eventually uh, went on to work and run the damn thing. Um, so. Uh, full disclosure, this interview was originally mostly published for New Noise Magazine number one. Now, if you're not familiar with New Noise Magazine, um, the editor-in-chief of Ant Magazine, Miss Lisa Root, uh, she worked at Ant Magazine for 10 years, um, and probably longer. I'm, I'm probably getting that wrong. And she decided one day, she was like, hey, I want to do something for myself. I want to make my own thing. I've been doing this so long, it's time to just do my own thing. Uh, this just so happened to happen about the same time that Ant Magazine shut down that she started New Noise Magazine. And uh, very similar in ideas and structures. I, I, I kind of think New Noise is a little bit better, a little bit more stylish. I mean, they uh, like to publish me a little bit more in it. So uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, she came came to me and said hey Damien we, we've already got that awesome off of your he- their heads interview on this issue uh, it's one of my favorite pieces um, Tim Barry we want to get something with Tim Barry in there and I think you're the guy to do it I don't I, I, absolutely I'm speechless I'm starstruck of course I love Tim Barry I'm obsessed so I of course I sit down and do it she's like oh by the way I we only want 700 words well in typical damn it Damien fashion I turned in an article of 2,800 words with Tim Barry. Uh, and this isn't even a new album cycle. Uh, his newest album, uh, 40 Miler, on Chunk Saw Records, has been out for a year. This is really just a catching up and catching in with him. Uh, it just so happens that this is the 20th uh, year anniversary. Uh, the interview was recorded in March, and this is the 20th anniversary of his uh, very first train hopping ride. Uh, Tim just had a darling little girl that we talk about. And we, we touch base on a couple other things, uh, the production of his new album and whatnot, and what's going on in the life of Tim Barry. Uh, we even talk about his diabetes a little bit at the end. So I, it, it's not a normal Mostly Harmless podcast episode. It's something a little bit different. Uh, what was published in the magazine um, was, and I edited it to those 700 words, was very, very chopped and I don't think it was as good as what this is. And this is one of the, my favorite interviews that I've ever done. I'm not really sure why it hasn't appeared online. Lisa, I think, is really, really focusing on putting the majority of the content on the um, in the print to sell the advertisements to make it a functional entity. And so um, I, I do have permission from Lisa to post this online. She was like, yeah, hey, go for it. Whatever. It's cool. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons why it never went up on the website. I don't know. But uh, we sit down and we talk to Tim for about 25 minutes, and it's fantastic, friends. Uh, we have great chemistry. He's a great dude. I really can't wait to try to get him back to Colorado and so we can do one of these in person where I can get down and nitty-gritty and 
deep and dirty and we can talk about his origins and roots like we normally do on the show but i'm really really happy with what we came up with um if you've a long time listener of the show you'll know i'm fascinated by children like i like asking all these guys about having kids and whatnot uh this interview was done really really early in the morning i think i'd had a ton of coffee uh, obviously i have a cold as you'll hear here in a minute um I stutter a lot in the morning. I haven't had enough booze in me or whatnot. Who knows? But for whatever reason, I stutter a lot uh, when I do interviews during the morning. So uh, without any further ramblings on my behalf, uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, get into this interview here. Uh, but first, we're going to play a song off Tim's newest album, 40 Miler. It's out now on Chunk of Saw Records. Uh, that's killer. We, we've had two Chunk Saw bands in two weeks. Last week, we had Luther. This week, we got Tim Barry. Um, and what better song to start this this bad boy off with than the title track of Tim's newest song. So here we go with 40 mil for whatever reason I want to call it 40 Miller and it might be 40 Miller. I'm dyslexic as fuck. So who knows, but I am pretty sure it's 40 Miler off the album 40 Miler by Tim Barry out now on chunk saw records. Talk to Brian about it Frank too Holly already knew Yeah Holly already knew That I was slapboxing outside of the lanes Dodging potholes in the wind and rain This is insane A single car accident With a never-ending radio playing Sleeping in the van out front at Kate's up at six when I was out too late I said what I came to say Now I only complain I only complain on highways And I got miles and miles and miles Of nothing but miles and miles Songs about writing songs And album's over 40 minutes long And broke up bands on their third reunion tour Damn, but we both should have quit at age 24 I got two jobs and a girl back home Collection agencies calling on my prepaid cell phone It don't take skill nor luck To never amount to much but I got miles and miles and miles of nothing but miles and miles, miles and miles and miles of nothing but miles and miles. When this is all damn nothing, when this is all damn nothing, I'd rather stay broken. Play fake ass shows Move with heart Sing from your soul If you can't play then dance instead Music should sound like escape not rent Music should sound like escape not rent Music should sound like escape not rent 
Damien from uh, uh, New Noise Magazine. I don't know if you were expecting me or not. Yeah, of course. How's it going, Damien? Yeah, not too bad. How you doing? Good, man. Where Where is 661 area code? Um, I actually, like, I live in Colorado Springs. I call people via Skype. So I, I, can, ah. I just I recorded it on my computer instead of, like, any <laughs> other way. So it just, it, oh, seems, right on. Yeah, it just seems to be the easiest way. Um, right on that stuff. So yeah, so we confuse technology. The I know, right? It's technology. great technology. <laughs> I just bought a field recorder, so I can record songs wherever I want, and and have them sound good. And I just sit there and I go, "Wow, technology!" <laughs> what, what did you buy? Uh, my buddy recommended an H two Zoom. Uh, I have the H one, and uh, it's great, except for it has a the H one has a memory card problem. Where you don't oh, know, really? you don't know that it's like uh, I, I you know, Kevin Seconds was here in town the other night, and I was hanging out with him. I did an interview with him, and I recorded an hour and a half of us talking, and you can hear it pl- the playback through the headphones. It tells you it's recording, and then you hit stop, and it goes file error. So that's no shit. But apparently they they don't have that in the uh, second one. So I don't know. Man, that. That's a fucking drag. Holy <laughs> crap, man. I know, right? There's nothing, nothing worse than putting in effort, uh, you know, on both parties, Kevin and you, and then yeah. that's, oh, man, what a drag. Yeah, that's the thing. Technology. I heard an interview with John Irving, the writer, the other day, and he was talking about how he writes all of his fucking novels in um, with a piece of paper and a pencil because... <laughs> Because typewriters and computers, he spends too much time trying to fiddle with them and not completing the art that he wants to create. Right. And I find myself doing that with technology so much. Instead of like recording a song or writing it, I'm like messing with the recording device. Nice. Instead of focusing on, you know what I mean. So sometimes they sure technology is badass. Sometimes it gets in the way. Well, well, for me, I what will happen to me is I'll sit down at the computer to like work on something. They say, you know, I fall down the uh, internet K hole and I don't know where I haven't done anything but surf Facebook and who knows where everything is. So I have a buddy who struggles with that. I'm like, what are you even doing? And he'll just reply, I've been spending too much time on a computer and actually in what facet? And he says. Facebook. So yeah. once again, I have to stop using it. Like, oh, I don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I really we're, don't have it. yeah, I was going to say we're Facebook friends and I, I noticed that you like, you don't use it, which is fine. You know what I use is Instagram. I really like, as far as personal stuff, right. I use Instagram and just like keep it pretty low key. And that way it's like, I really enjoy that. It helps me with homesickness when I'm going to stuff to yeah. be able to check in and then 
Facebook's just too much information. Hey, by the way, when we do this interview, we might even be doing it already, which is fine with me. Are you transcribing it? Is it a podcast? Is it a oh. pulling quotes? Is it uh, well, well, uh, it's it's for New Noise, which is uh, it's from the. Do you know Lisa Root? She used to run Ant Magazine. Yes, of course. It's she quit Ant Magazine. Ant Magazine closed down. This is her new thing. So it's kind of Ant Magazine, but it's all Lisa, no Brett type deal. So, uh-huh. um, and then I also do a podcast. So if the audio works out pretty well, which I think it will, I'll I'll edit it together and throw it up. So it's okay. Up to you. Cool. Yeah, just a, no. It's up to you. I just what you. It's like uh, dealing with different writers. It's like. I always want to know if they're pulling quotes for an article, yeah. if they're writing something, or if they're just transcribing, or if it's podcast or whatever. Because the answers should be different. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. It's it's a radio show versus you know whatever or whatever. Exactly. So it's fun. Right yeah. on. Well, that works either way. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say I follow you on Instagram too, so that's always I stalk you on all facets of the internet. On all facets. Don't worry, I stalk <laughs> other people on all facets as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't know, I, I used to work for JJ Nobody from Drag the River. Uh, oh yeah, of course. How's yeah. he doing? Uh, he's doing really good. He, um, Drag, Drag just recorded a 7-inch they played last night for the first time in a while. But um, They play in uh, Denver or Colorado Springs? Uh, Denver. Uh, they, 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 they do the spring... Uh, a little tinier place than that, but uh, I was gonna say I saw you years and years and years ago when you played uh, the Triple Nickel. Um, oh no, shit! With, with my John's sister, dad. And John, yeah, yeah, your sister. Yeah, that was a wow. That man, like I have photos of it somewhere, but the photos aren't very good. <laughs> God, that's I, a long time ago, man. I sat in my little stool and I took my photos, and I was gonna say every time you come through Denver, I come see you, and I drink way too much beer, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I do, I do too. And I'm like, when are you going to come play the bargain? And then I, I don't remember the responses. I just, I'm probably pretty drunk by the time I'm leaving Three Kings myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's, yeah, so, I, I mean, it's a pleasure talking to you. Lisa, Lisa had sent out a release. She's like, I want some singer-songwriters for this first issue of this magazine. And she had listed, right on. She had listed you, and I went, I want to, fuck yeah, I want to talk to Tim. So, hopefully. Right on. Hopefully my uh, lazy ass can get it typed up and in before the deadline. So <laughs> yeah, that's a hard. That's the hard part. Especially yeah. with long-winded people like myself. Uh, and and I like long-form interviews. It's just what I like to do. And in those magazines, they're like, "We only wanted seven hundred words. You turned in twelve thousand. Which has happened before. So <laughs> that's all good. I write long songs sometimes. Sometimes sometimes the songs should be long. Sometimes the songs should be short. And same thing with articles. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I have a hard time <laughs> with it. So, um, oh, we're kind of started, but not really. But um, I'm gonna. The album's been out for about a year. I'm gonna talk about uh, some other stuff, not necessarily the album, because that you know, cool. are you tired of talking about the album? Um, but on your website, um, you know, I've heard that this month right now marks 20 years of since your first train ride. Yeah, that is uh-huh. correct. Actually, uh, like right about this time of the month, too, about mid month. <laughs> you don't you don't have it like written down in your diary. You know what day it was? No, <laughs> no. I, I I often do uh, so much stuff that my old journals. I actually do keep old journals. They I don't document everything. Uh, I'm not that obsessive. Sometimes the entries are just like what's going on in the news. 
So I can't remember the exact date. My buddy Ronnie, who took me on his first trip, we debated it a whole bunch. I kept saying it was in 1994. He kept saying it was 93. So I decided it would sound cooler if it was 93. So that's the year I went with. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But he was probably right. And, uh, yeah, so 20 years ago, right about now, I took my first freight train trip from um, Richmond, Virginia, down to Rocky Mount, North Carolina, and then we hitchhiked over to Raleigh and rode some more trains around North Carolina. I don't even remember how we got back, but uh, but it was the first one of those wanderings I did. Nice. What what was that uh, first ride like? It was, was scary, it, fun. It was well. The guy I was riding with, Ronnie Graham, he he grew up in a trailer park in Salisbury, Maryland, and uh, didn't come from a family of wealth. And, you know, like a lot of those families, uh, they had chronic health problems, and a lot of his family died young, and others were in prison. His dad was in prison for a long time, and he had this uh, transient uncle um, who rode trains, a homeless uncle, and he sort of turned Ronnie onto it. And then Ronnie had ridden trains a bunch just out of necessity, I was sort of obsessed with Woody Guthrie and a lot of the early folk singers back then, 20 years ago now. And uh, and um, I had instruction. I had a person with me who was experienced, so my nerves weren't as shot as say, if I had done it on my own. And um, he did most of the footwork, went into the train yard, talked to the workers, found out which train we wanted, uh, found an open box car, and we just went on there and drank beer and Waited for the train to leave. It left at 6 in the morning. Uh, I was more fatigued by 6 in the morning when we rolled out between the Poet Parkway and Richmond, Virginia, heading south out of CSX's Acre Yard before. You know, I was more fatigued at that point than I was nervous or anything else. But it was a hell of an experience. Nice. Um, I mean, trains have taken up a, a large portion of your songwriting over the years. Do you think you'd be the person you are today if you had not taking that trip um i think i probably would have found another obsession it's <laughs> kind of the person i am um uh, i really i just have an instinct to keep moving i don't sit down i'm always making plans i rarely think about things that i've done i generally focus on things that i want to do and i do many Things that are considered normal or abnormal, music, gardening, camping, canoeing, riding trains, I mean, it just it never ends. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I, guess I, I guess you are where you come from. So, yeah, I would be a different person if I didn't start riding trains all those years ago. And what I like about trains is not just the, the fulfillment of my wanderlust. It's that they're a parallel of life. As soon as I think I have a specific train's route and time and crew change points down, they change, and it starts all over again, and it becomes uh, another mystery that I feel like I need to conquer. Like, why did they change the schedule? Is there track maintenance? Has there been a derailment? 
was their bridge collapsed that forced them to do a reroute, and I just start ticking and ticking. And it's, again, it's a parallel with life. Once you think you feel pretty scheduled and routine and things are falling into place, it's thrown for a loop, and you have to start all over and learn it all over again. And um, I think that's what held my interest. A lot of the people who are obsessed with trains, like myself, are also obsessed with illegal forms of art on the trains. They're also obsessed with things like birding and tree identification and hiking every trail in the state. It's it's a might even be a neuroses because I find myself interested in all of those things as well. Very strange. Brain function. <laughs> um, I, I I was curious too because like train train riding was something that was big during the, the depression. Um, you're a Woody Guthrie fan. Uh, the songs you write are reminiscent of that uh, style and period. Do you ever feel like you might have been born in the wrong time? No. Yeah. No, Josh Small, who's my right hand man, who plays music with me. Um, the first time I met his father. Bobby Joe Small, Reverend Bobby Joe Small, who is um, is from the first generation of a gypsy family to settle down, uh, his father is. And uh, Mr. Small said to me after seeing Josh and I play music together for the first time, um, Tim, you old-timey, in a modern way. <laughs> so I'll take it. <laughs> I don't mind being old-timey in 2013. I think we have a lot more conveniences than the, the Dust Bowl era. Nice. Um, so you've recently had a daughter, correct? Is it, it's a daughter, That's right? That's correct. That's correct. She's a she's about fifteen and a half pounds, and uh, my left arm isn't as strong as I wish. As I'm holding her right now, juggling <laughs> her and the telephone at the same time, <laughs> I feel like my arm's about to give out. But yeah, she's a uh, she's been a terrific addition to our uh, our family here in Richmond, Virginia, our family of animals and good friends and, and family members. Um, and it has been wonderful. Uh, I'm going to, I finished touring in December. It's mid March and I'm not leaving again until June. I'm currently a stay at home dad. Um, and it's strange. I bumped into one of my old housemates here at Lowe's this morning who I lived with for 12 years. And he said, you're home for six months. We've been friends for 25 years. I've never known that you've been home for that long ever in a stretch. So, yeah, I'm home with my daughter and working and setting up tours and writing songs and getting my my head together here for a little bit. And the weather is about to break, and that's where this wanderlust that I have <laughs> really kicks in, and it's a difficult thing to to uh, deal with. But thankfully, my partner Sarah is very supportive and very wonderful. And I do get the opportunities to get out and ride trains and do my thing. Nice. As long as it's convenient. Yeah, so it's really fucking cool. But Leela Jane Barry is her name, and she's now a 15-pound hammer. <laughs> um, I, big, I, blue I, big blue eyes. Big blue eyes. I've I've got friends. In, in, no, I mean, not even friends so much. It's me, myself, too. Like, I had a pregnancy scare with a girl I was dating a couple of years ago, and it kind of scared the shit out of me, because I could see, like, me stopping this whole fucking vagabond lifestyle I, I've tried to live myself. How scary was it for you jumping in and having this kid? And... 
Um, not scary. Level. Not scary at all. I'm the master at thinking things through. The woman, the woman that I love, Sarah, is. Um, when we met, I knew right off it would be something that uh, she wanted. So therefore, I allowed myself to uh, to grow with her and make it something that I wanted as well. And um, Leela here was totally planned. And uh, <laughs> I've never been scared. And only, you know, she's six months old today. And um, so it's a little premature for me to say that I'm not sure what many of my parental peers are talking about when they say that it's a really difficult thing to have a kid because it's possible that the crap that I've put myself through in my life has been more difficult than having a child. I'm also uh, old and don't have the urges to go out to the bar until 2 in the morning anymore, and I really do like to stick around close to home. Most of the things that make me happy are around here, so I don't fight with the urges of... um, the urges that some people have that their children limit them from. So, man, honestly, maybe I'm the only male out there <laughs> who wasn't scared to death. Um, but it's been wonderful. Like, I, the only the only complaint I have is I hate driving. And now that I have a baby and she's so young, I just can't strap her onto the back of my bike and do all my errands. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I drive a little more than I'd like to. And truthfully, you sleep less when you're on tour than when you have a child. <laughs> There's no no sleep on tour, and you follow other people's schedules the entire time. So being at home, even if I don't sleep as much, having a baby, it's far more than I sleep on the road. Nice. Um. So so I was reading that you you write songs kind of like they're they're. They're colors. You see songs in color, and I'm, I'm, I, I'll get the quote right when I write, type it up. But um, uh, how has having a child brightened the songwriting? If- you know, it's they're the same colors. It, so what it is, and there's a word for this. I was reading about a, a Richmond soul writer who's been recently rediscovered, who was discussing the same thing in an article for our weekly paper called Style Weekly here in Richmond. And I was excited to know that, you know, other people see these same things. There's a word for it, which I'm not sure that I know. But really, so what happens is if a song pops up, which is just kind of how most of us songwriters do it, songs just show up, and then you feel the urge or you're compelled to start penning it or playing it, the only, only the songs that have very strong color imagery in my head are songs that ever make it onto a record. And the colors haven't popped or changed too much. They're fairly consistent, and I still drop all the songs that don't have a pronounced color. Um, one of my favorite artists, though, his name is Ed Trask, a uh, Richmond artist here. He, His main um, colors for many years were black and white and grays, and he does... These terrific, terrific paintings. And as soon as he had his first uh, daughter, Eleanor, his paintings exploded with all of these bright colors. I'm talking from black, whites, and grays to like 
crazy pastels. And as he had his son, Loudon, they even got brighter and brighter and brighter. So I was really eager after following Ed Trask's art for all those years through him being a parent thinking, you know, this is going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is I find that I'm writing more sentimental lyrics um, instead of the colors changing. The tone of the songs might be a little more hopeful or maybe even more tragic. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I recently, I just saw the video for sh- the, the the Shed Song video. Um, you filmed it yourself on a trip. Are you still out there riding the trains? Every- oh, yeah. 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 Uh, have you taken your uh, daughter out there yet? No. Leela is not uh, worthy of the train stuff. I was joking with Sarah. Oh, when she's 12, she can start riding trains. And Sarah just <laughs> gritted on me and rolled her eyes. But Leela will do what she wants. But we get it. That we When we get off the phone today, um, we will. I'll put her in the stroller and grab, it, grab Emma, my dog, and I'll head on down and watch those big freight trains pull out at the river right next to our house. So she's used to them. The engineers wave to her. All the guys on the ground know her. So it's pretty <laughs> funny. We'll see what she ends up doing. She can do whatever the hell she wants. Nice. Um, so, Forty Miller has been out for a year now. Uh, you're going to Europe in June. Um, what else do you have in the works right now? Uh, so, I'm currently writing. I'm, I've decided I'm on side B of a new record. Okay. Uh, which, which I decided last night um, because I have six pretty good songs. I'm like, well, I'm just going to put them away and start something new. So it's side B I'm working on. And then, uh, so June, I go not to Europe, but just the U.K. and do a follow-up tour. I was just over there with Frank Turner, and uh, the tour went really well. So I'm going back to do a headlining tour with uh, another player named Sam Russo. And we're going to do a pretty extensive U.K. tour. And then I'll come home for about a week and then head right out into the United States and uh, grid out the United States in blocks. And because the shows have not been um, confirmed and advertised and the people that I'll be on tour with um, are confirmed, but because it's all not announced yet, I can't really say exactly where we'll be going or who I'll be touring <laughs> with, but I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to get back on the road and, and, and fall back into that pattern in my life, but at the same time, being home for six months and holding this baby all the time is going to make it very difficult. But so what I've done is, as I said, I gritted it out. Um, I'll go out for about 10 days at a time and then come home in between for a week or so to make sure that Sarah and the baby are doing well and then get back out. And then, um, you know, I got shows on and off for the rest of the year, mainly like festival and one-off dates. And I'd really like to get back in the studio so I'm going to spend my off time here doing the best I can to get these songs all together without rushing them. I don't believe in any way in um, forcing creativity, but I still would love to get back in the studio and record another record soon. And it's coming out pretty mellow. I'm pretty sure I should name it Tim Barry, Adult Contemporary Folk Punk. Um, I hate adult contemporary and I also hate the term folk punk, so I figure that might be the title of the record. It's, it's pretty laid back, um, uh, but still abrasive as I am. <laughs> right on. Um, 
A, a couple more. Uh, you you create many rich characters throughout your songs. Uh, have you ever experimented with like writing a book, uh, writing any other uh, writing activities, so to speak? I feel pretty bad about this. I did commit to a publisher um, with like a handshake verbal agreement about two and a half years ago to begin drafting a book. They wanted more like autobiographical and. Um, I had some other ideas, and we came up with some pretty cool ideas, and they sort of had editors on standby for me. And I have a problem where I can't... If I'm writing songs, that's all I want to do. Um, so I found it difficult to interchange between like songwriting and writing words for a book. So I have not fulfilled my obligation, but it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, I think... Whenever I decide to put down the guitar, and I'll know when that, when that time comes because, you know, just things just burn out, um, I will write a lot. But right now, I'm having more fun playing music than I ever have, and I'm having more fun writing songs than I ever have. Nice. Well, I, I, I hear the baby fussing, so I don't, I don't want to keep it tied okay. up. So. No, uh, no, it's okay. Uh, no, I mean, I, I guess that's really about it. Um, I, I did. I was kind of curious about your health. I know you're uh, diagnosed with type one diabetes, and you're doing okay with that. Yeah, I'm killing it. Um, <laughs> Not I'm just one of them. I'm just one of those people. I don't. I don't. You know, it's scary knowing that I'm going to die before a lot of my friends, and almost it's, it's almost easier to think about it that way. But I, I, I really. I can't give up on anything. I just, I just keep getting healthier. You know, like the way I do it is, like, look, this, this chronic disease that I've been given for whatever reason is not gonna beat the shit out of me. I'm gonna beat the shit out of it. So I get up at five in the morning and I go running, and then I go to the gym and I lift weights and I eat really good food. Um, I keep chickens and I have my own garden, so I know where most of my food comes from. And uh, I, it's I'm stronger than I used to be, and I'm more fit than I used to be, and I think that other people can do the same thing if they can find the discipline to do so. And I still smoke weed, and I still drink beer. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I think there's a way to learn like balance and moderation, even when your health is uh, quote unquote in decline. But mine's not. Fuck that. I'm getting better. Oh yeah. So. My health is good. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not going to die tomorrow, but I'm going to have a good day before I do. <laughs> right on. I need to find that discipline myself. It's that's that's, <laughs> the, that's the hard part is just stop eating the pizza every night. God, man, I would eat pizza every night if I could. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing is like the di- discipline has to come in when you know that eating pizza every night is actually going to expedite your death. Right. And when you have things to live for. Um, you can't. You know, the real discipline is getting up at five in the morning, and you know having a few hours of exercise before your daughter gets up. But I do it, and I'm a happier person when she's awake um, for doing it. So, <laughs> right on. Um, well, I I think that's about all I got for you. I mean, I could I could probably talk to you all day long, but I know you got stuff. I know. Right, right back. It's pretty. It's pretty easy to talk to you. <laughs> right back. Yeah. I should feed this. I should feed this baby. Um, 
But yeah, man, Damien, I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, no problem. And, uh, I didn't realize you were calling from Colorado. Thanks for being up. And uh, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bartender, so being up this early is like, oh man, it's a it's a nightmare. Oh but, man, I'm but sorry. No, I'm no, no, truly sorry. <laughs> no, because because what what happens is is if I got to do an interview with somebody, I will lay in bed all night. It doesn't matter how how tired I am. I will lay in bed all night long. And I just go over it in my head, over it, and I dream oh. about it. It goes over, and, and it's fine. So I would have been up this early anyway. <laughs> Many years ago, I had the opportunity to interview Howard Finn, the great historian, oh, wow. who taught me so much. And it was just an email interview, um, and not comparing myself or other people that you interview yeah, to um, the amazement of of of, of Howard Finn and his legacy. But man, I did the same thing for like a week. <laughs> They're like, "What fucking questions? I only have ten questions. I must have not slept the whole week, and I jotted down about a hundred fucking questions." So, yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 are you words? You'll be out in Colorado pretty uh, not pretty soon, but eventually soon. I take it. I hope by the summer. I, okay, cool. Unfortunately, when I was working on the tours yesterday. It wasn't quite fitting. There was yeah. that's the problem with this. That's the country. biggest pain in the ass. Pretty big. Yeah, and Colorado is. Yeah, it's just kind of out of the way. Yeah, there's two places, um, sort of parallel to each other, that I really, really want to go to. And I was on the phone with my booking agent for like an hour yesterday, trying so hard to put Colorado and the city of Minneapolis into <laughs> a routing that you know wouldn't net us you know 15 hour drives in one day it's yeah. just so difficult yeah. yeah so we will see well all right buddies well thank you for tuning in this week uh that was tim berry uh man god i love that dude so much uh, i can't wait to see him again in real life and get to really sit down and talk with him for a mostly harmless podcast um as you can tell we we did talk for about another five, ten more minutes, but it was a really off-topic, like kind of personal, uh, private stuff that we're not going to air out to the world. Uh, we talked a little bit about booking some shows out here in Colorado, and uh, maybe we'll make that happen. I don't know, buddies. We'll see. Uh, so, anyway, uh, thank you again for tuning in this week. Thank you for Tim for sitting down and talking to me. Thank you to Lisa Root for uh, making me uh, do the damn interview in the first place. I love you to death. You're one of my uh, favorite people in the world. Thank you for doing what you do and allowing me to do what I do for you. If that makes any kind of sense. Uh, so, if this is your first time checking out Most of Harmless Podcast, please go visit uh, go visit our website, mostofharmlesspodcast.com. Uh, click like on Facebook. Go check us out on iTunes. Leave us a little iTunes review. It all, in the end, helps t- helps us just gain more traction, get a little bit more popular, and get a little bit more out there in the world. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listened so far and sent uh, emailed in, kind blessings. Uh, reposted on their own Facebook page, Tumblr, Twitter, all that good stuff. I really couldn't do any of this without you guys, and it's really mind-blowing that uh, people are all over the world are listening to me ramble into a microphone for you know, 10, 15 minutes. So thank you, everybody. Um, I got T-shirts for sale on the website. Please go check them out. I'm kinda, I just worked my very last day at the music venue I'd been working at, so I'm kind of trying to figure out this next move. Do we keep on... Uh, what, what what are we doing next? But you don't care about that. We'll uh, we'll talk about that again later on. Uh, so for the ending outro song for this interview, I want to put another track up from Forty Miler, uh, Tim Berry's newest record. Again on Chunksaw Records. Man, there are some really great songs on here. There's a song called Todd Bean, which is loosely well. There's 
Todd Bean plays in Lucero in a fantastic band called Glossary. This song is not about him, but it's got his name. I don't know. It's a fantastic song, but I think I'm going to skip playing that. I think you should all go turn on your Spotify, turn on your whatever. Go check out uh, Tim Barry's Todd Bean song or T Bean. Uh, instead, I you know I'm gonna I'm gonna end it with my second favorite track off the album, uh, which is Fine Foods Market. It's a funny little ditty, and I think you uh, I think you all will like it. I think it's a good track. Uh, they're all good tracks. Um, and if yeah, please mostlyanonymouspodcast.com. If you're lazy like me, mhpod.com take you right to the website uh check us out please email me let me know what you think if i suck let me know if i kick ass let me know uh if you just want me to shut up let me know uh so okay again this is fine foods market off 40 miler by tim berry it's out now on chunk saw records uh most of podcast.com for links information and all that good stuff thanks for listening uh we'll see you in the funny pages The lottery line at Fine Foods is three blocks long and Hassan selling PBR to hipsters with ironic mustaches who most definitely wants the punk and now wear flannel and scream over bar chords on acoustic guitars. The park's full of scum fucks, boogles and train kids. Busking and flying signs for sparks and beast ice But not food for their dogs Not laundry mats to clean their clothes They don't even shower, but that's how it goes And I don't care much either way Cause when they're my age they'll all own socks Vacation homes with pending divorce Memberships at the golf course And I do not Hell no No I do not Check yourself You see I grew up in a traffic jam A cul-de-sac all-American With tapered jeans and leather jacket And Nike high tops A hair farmer from the suburbs A drunk speed metal drummer Now how the hell did I end up in real tree camo and car hearts? It's safe to say that I've lost grip Oh look, there goes another hipster kid In neon on a track bike Paying a school to learn art A bi-green vegetarian A fashion icon charlatan At the bar by rounds with his mother's credit card And I don't care much either way Cause when they're my age they'll all own socks Vacation homes with pending divorce Memberships at the golf course And I do not Hell no No I do not Come on with it When they're my age, they'll all own socks. 
vacation homes with pending divorce, memberships at the golf course. And I do not, no, I do not. <laughs> 